WebmasterRadio.fm. I am jealous of Katie Kempner. If you're listening to her show, she's got this fabulous kind of hip-hop intro. There are no good songs about Susan. I love Shrek. I'm an ogre. Well, see, you're my kind of guy. You're technical, you're super smart, and you're tall and handsome. We need a little time, you know, to be together. Fantastic. You're too hot not to be married. Some woman snatched you up already, is that right? Fiona and I are married now. And you sound like a Texan. Are you a native Texan? I'm an ogre. All right, will you play a little game with me? Oh, you mean like sorting the mail and watering the plants? You don't have to kiss my butt or anything, don't worry. Ad Tech Connect. Thursdays following the Daily Search Cast. Only on Radio.fm. Join the club, we've got jackets. Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. Your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Good morning, this is Susan Bratton, and I'm the chair of AdTech, and I'm happy to have you this week. We, we had a fun week last week. We had a, a really interesting lineup of guests. Really, the focus was merchants, merchants, merchants. We did paper call and local search and all kinds of good things. And this week, I realized in looking at the lineup that it's actually, I will call this session Susan's Fascination, because... The three topics that we're going to cover today are the things that I think I'm ultimately the most interested in across the entire landscape of digital marketing. The first one is China. We're going to talk about China today. And you know we launched AdTech Shanghai last year. We'll be back again October 18th and 19th in Shanghai to do the China show. And uh, we have a really interesting guest on who's going to give us some fascinating insight into that market. Then we're going to talk about some podcasting applications. Of course you know I like podcasting. We're doing one. And third, something that I've been involved with for the last 10 years, actually going on 11 years now, and that's broadband advertising, broadband marketing. So it's a a mixed bag of things that I think ultimately ended up to be stuff I love. First, we're going to hear from Victoria Stull. She's the president of a company called Market China Incorporated. And Vicki has some really interesting angles on this market. You're going to dig it. Next up, we'll have Brian Bloom. Brian is the VP and Senior Program Manager at a company out of Chicago called Liggett Stashower. And he's done a really interesting application with a podcast for, get this, duct tape. So it's so unique, and what they've done with that product is so cool that I wanted to have him on the show. He's actually going to be speaking at the Chicago show. And last but definitely not least, one of the most creative people in the entire ad business, Rebecca Paoletti, the creative director of Maven Networks. I'm going to tell you all about Maven. That is a neat thing, too. So off we go. Let's get Victoria Stull on the line. Good morning, Vicki. Good morning, Susan. How are you today? I'm doing great, thanks. Good. Well, we're so glad to have you, and what I think... I was thinking about what you do is so unbelievably rich and varied that I think we should start with 
the foundation of, of what Market China is doing by talking about what's happening in China with your ad networks and the cyber cafes and all that, and then we can build up to what Market China is doing in the U.S. I think that's a really good way to go is to kind of talk about the Chinese assets, if you will, of your company. So could you let our listeners know how all of that, Koretsu, I don't even know, that's a Japanese word for many companies that come together to create synergy. There must be a Chinese word for that, too. I don't know if you know what it is. I'm certain there is, but I'm afraid I don't know. We'll have to figure that one out. You'll have to ask Dom about it. But uh, in the meantime, why don't you describe your Koretsu? <laughs> sure. Uh, Mark China is part of a group uh, known as the WKC Group. We like to consider ourselves the We Know China Group. And it's built around a series of uh, Chinese investments. We run um, a magazine in China known as Bell Magazine. We run the Goku Land Portal Network in the Internet Cafes. Uh, We also own significant interest in the two major game card companies that are distributing the cards for the massive multiplayer games that are also related to the massive multiplayer online games, things like World of Warcraft, um, those types of games. In China, the way that they're protecting uh, the assets is by loading those on major servers and hubbing them and making them massive multiplayer games online. And so we run the point card companies that then sell the time to a user so that they're constantly still paying to access and play, but they're doing that through a secure network so that it cuts back on the piracy issues. Got it. Okay. Um, We also are involved in mobile and various other areas. Pretty much anything that we see that's an exciting opportunity in China, we're involved in. Is Elite the card company for the multiplayer games? Actually, Elite is our our sister magazine, and uh, we just recently divested of that, and I apologize that I didn't let you know that sooner. Oh, that's all right. Sure. All right, so the the really interesting story here, I think, for, from the China perspective, is Goku. Now, spell that for listeners, because every time I see it, I can't pronounce it, and it scares the crap out of me. So spell it so people will connect the sound with the letters. Certainly. Goku is, the website that we use is goqo.com. And granted, that's just an informational website. It's actually a land portal in the cafes. But Goku Literally, if you translated it from Chinese, which would be Go Ku K-O-U would be the character, it really means Go Cool. And so that was where the uh, brainstorm for that platform segued out of. And what it does is it, it just centers around the exciting entertainment reach of what any demographic, but mostly the youth, are interested in. So it centers around games, fashion, sports, music, all of those areas twined in together in a fun, interactive land portal environment available in the Internet cafes to bring people together. We would call that a walled garden. You essentially have a media destination distributed through Internet cafes. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. And there there are, you know, no one's actually done a count, but the estimates are that there are 120,000 Internet cafes in China, right? Yes, it's it's 120,000 that are licensed. Oh, so so those are licensed. So that has been counted. That's a real number that someone has been collecting money on. That's correct. That is a real number. At one point in time, they were estimating that was there was over 300,000 total cafes. Wow. And with the um, regulation by the government, that has now cut back tremendously. And so I think most people would probably estimate it's probably in the 200,000 region but on its way towards the 120,000 that are licensed. And the government's very strict with their licensing procedures in order to ensure that it's a safe environment conducive for good uh, cultural influence on the youth. And these, these Internet cafes, these are big rooms with banks of people.
PCs and kids just sitting in all of the stations, right? It's, it's very exciting, and I will tell you there's a very difference in the Internet cafes, but we have found that most of the cafes we're working with have over 100 seats in the cafe and some as many as 800, mm-hmm. and it's just gigantic environment, uh, wall-to-wall computers. Some of the areas will be set up in little social groups so that the workstations are all around in a circle and everybody's playing the same game against each other. Other areas are designated VIP rooms. There's date rooms where you can sit with your date on a couch and use the Internet. It's, it's you know, an experience really that we don't sad, know. Victoria. This is really a sad state of things, but when you just talked about having a date where you surf the web together, I thought, that's a great idea! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's really geeky, but I love it. It's a very interesting environment and something that, you know, as Americans, we have the luxury to live in a space where, you know, we have plenty of room. We have our own bedroom at home, and we, we often, as we get older, we live in our own apartments, we live in our own homes. And in China, it's very different. It's all about the family and the influence of the family. So you're generally living in a small place with your parents, sometimes your grandparents. Even when you get married, you're still living there with your parents, and maybe your uh, in-laws are living next door or nearby. So it's a very much uh, a tight family unit. But that means that everybody wants to get out and have some place where they can go to relax, and that's what the Internet Cafe is sitting there to facilitate, along with things like karaoke, the KTVs, and those type of environments. And these kids are college educated. These are not, this is not the, uh, the wanton youth of China. These are kids that have gone to university, and this is one of the things that they do with their free time, right? That's absolutely true. Um, I will say we have a strong 18 to 25, which is mostly weighed towards university students, but we're over 50% are reporting that they're university educated and beyond. So who are the big advertisers in China right now? Online. Who are the big online advertisers? Well, I think you'll find the same thing um, that you'd find in the U.S. The big online advertisers, Procter & Gamble's out there with plenty of advertisements. Companies like Motorola, uh, any of the mobile companies, Sony Ericsson, all of them are out in that space. Um, you know, Coke, Pepsi, Coke does a great deal of advertising and particularly tied to the Internet Cafe space. You know, it, it should be most of the same global players, and then you have quite a few of the local players, people like Li Ning, who are, you know, up-and-coming major sports companies who are now going to run the gambit to try to compete against companies like Nike. And with the 208... they pretty much ripped off their logo, they might as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know... With That's the pretty two, much a swoosh, that Li Ning logo. It certainly would appear that way to me as well, but, you know, it's working for them. Yeah, definitely. They've got stores all over the place. You see their leaning stores. They look good. They're sharp. They're doing a good job with the merchandising, I think. Yes. Well, fantastic. All right. So going back to the Internet Cafe business, so you have these, um, you have access to, what, 10,000 Internet Cafes through your network? Is that about the right number? Oh, Susan, it has grown so much since we last really? Okay. Tell me, what's the number? Um we are running the Goku Land Portal in 20,000 now on our okay. way to 30,000 by the end of June. All right. So you doubled in the last six months, and you're going oh. to triple in less than a year in your installed base. Absolutely. And I will let you know that the reason that we can do that is because of our relationships through the game card companies. We have relationships with almost 90,000 of the Internet cafes through that business. And so our ability to grow 
rapidly is very much centered upon those relationships and the strength our company has through its sister companies. You, you have a sweet business, Vic. So now you have this walled garden and you want to, you have an ad, you have an ad network that you can serve ads into, right? That's correct. And you're doing some unique things with ads. The ads that you're running in this land portal or what I like to call the walled garden are different in China than they are in the U.S. Can you describe to our listeners the kinds of advertising that's run and how it's different? Sure. What we're going for, Susan, is a totally interactive approach for the users. And so what we're doing is we're embedding quiz questions and other types of user-integrated interacting with the brand's methods inside of what they're sitting there to do. And so in the case of Goku, one of the major choices that members do is to play the very small leisure games that you or I will play just to clear our mind and let go of the day. But embedded in these leisure games, we have given them the opportunity to go out and get what we'll call gadgets or, more importantly, little items that help them cheat their way through the game. And so if I answer and interact with a brand on some quiz questions um, about the brand, I'm learning information, I'm having fun, and I'm earning a gadget. It may be an extra life. It may be five extra seconds that no one else has. It may be, you know, the chance to put on some special running shoes and run faster than the monsters. And so what we found as a result of that is our members really like that style of advertising, and they're now reporting back that nearly 80% of them like interacting with the ads because they are learning things and getting advantage from it. So they're incentive-based ads around the gaming platform. That's correct. Can you give us an example of one of your advertisers and a kind of incentive ad that they've run and the kind of response rates that you're getting? Certainly. Um, I'm going to use the example of Motorola. Um, we ran a campaign and launched uh, awareness on a handful of their new C-Series phones. And in the process of that, there were certain features that went with these different models of phones. And so we ran quiz integration questions that would bring up a fun background, very bright, very colorful, with, you know, one of the models of the phone, and it would ask them, do you know, you know, what the screen size, the amount of lines is on this phone? Or do you know, you know, what the main feature of this phone is compared to their other phone? And the answers are then in a multiple-choice format so that the, the player can actually look through the list and say, oh, this phone model has, you know, music tones, that this other phone model doesn't have, or this phone model has, you know, callback ringtones standard in the model. And that helped to differentiate their models while they're introducing all of them to one marketplace. And then the response rates that we saw on that, the lift between um, Goku players versus non-Goku people on the same information was, uh, the difference was between 80% ability to answer, recall, and recognize versus 20% just from being in the cafe and seeing some of the other advertising. Because I do want to point out we are doing walled garden advertising as well. We are putting up posters, banners, running events and contests. There's a number of things that are going on. So the other Internet Cafe visitors get some exposure, but the real critical exposure comes from those that are interacting in the game because they are learning the brand message exactly the way the company wants it put through. Yeah, and now you're measuring that, too. You're measuring a couple things. One, you're measuring, uh, oh, God, what's the word I want? Um, the kind of research that um, leaves the message in your mind. What's that called? Um, <laughs> it's not just did you remember the brand, but it's did you remember the messaging. Yes, we're very right. specifically asking those questions to get 
qualitative, I guess, might be the right answer, but to quantify that qualitative reaction. And we also measure it over time. We go back and ask a few weeks later to make sure that they're, they're not losing it over time. Longitudinal, attitudinal, huh? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I threw out a couple of research buzzwords. We can move on. <laughs> Thanks. So you are... I'm kind of going to move into the market research that you're doing in addition and talk about this new announcement that you made with OTX. And then we can kind of wrap it up with what market China is specifically here in the U.S. I think that might be a good kind of path for us to get through because your business is complex. You have a lot of working parts that you roll up and then overlay on market China. Now you have this new relationship with OTX. So talk about the OTX relationship, then we'll talk about the, some of the quick facts that you're learning, too, like the mobile phone marketing information, because I think we've talked about the PC platform penetration. Let's talk about mobile phone penetration, too. Okay. Um, Market China was very pleased to join in with OTX Research, who we believe is one of the leaders in online research, to make the foray to actually study not only our members, but to foray into the research business inside of China. And that right, was so our big I, I announcement. Cla- I want to do some clarification around what OTX is. That's online online testing exchange. They're based in LA. Their big bi- business thus far has been um, measuring the efficacy of various movie trailers to predict the outcome of box office success for movies. Um, they compete mostly with companies like Millward Brown, Harris Interactive, Insight, uh, Insight Express, um, Dynamic Logic. So they're doing essentially copy testing, right? So, and you've partnered with them to do this research in China. I just, our market kind of knows those names, but they might not know OTX, so I wanted to put that in there. Oh, that's wonderful, and I'm sure Shelley couldn't have said it better herself. <laughs> <laughs> So with this new venture, we are now expanding our testing, and we've been testing with OTX for probably the last six months, but we are now going into the marketplace with their tool sets and using this 18 to 30 primary demographic to do a lot of consumer-based testing and studies, whether it be entertainment-focused, consumer product-focused, even advertising-focused. But we find it as a very exciting venture. I mean, Market China tries to set itself up as the experts in the 18 to 30 demographic, which leads to where you see all of our companies building up in China, surrounding that demographic, even with magazines. Um, and so we're quite excited. So essentially, you have access to the people. OTX has a formula for doing online research over computers. And you've created, is it a joint venture? Is it, what is it, a business relationship? It is an operating joint venture. Um, oh, because good. yes, because we're also you know setting up the research company inside of China, so it'll be an operating joint venture for all China-related business. So you're now going to have essentially a Jupiter or a Forrester-style company with data about the Chinese market coming out of China. Is that right? That's correct. And are you going to have analysts, or is it going to be more of um, just a website where you can access the data that you're all pulling out of the marketplace? We are uh, currently preparing, and uh, we have a couple analysts assigned to it, and we are preparing and putting together reports so that you can get the data or you can get an analysis on the marketplace that the data is indicating along with the marketplace news, particularly because we have the upper hand of being able to read the Chinese news, scan all their databases, market information, and everything in Chinese and bring that out, which is something most U.S. companies you know, don't have that reach in for. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some big businesses here. I think you already do, but that, that sounds like uh, everyone's going to be hungry for news about China. Oh, uh, thanks, Susan. 
you'll definitely be in the catbird seat. Um, we only have a few minutes left, so let's talk about Market China now. Certainly. For us, Market China is very much um, the right arm to all these Chinese entities. We're learning the marketplace. We're now at a position where we feel like we've got a good leg up on the marketplace. We've launched this research venture to give us more credibility. And our goal is, is to take us the direction of becoming a consulting service to other, help other companies who want to make that foray into China or who are having problems in China where we might be able to help out through all these platforms to find new solutions. So your customer is the multinational marketer targeting 18- to 30-year-old Asian marketplace? Absolutely. Okay. All right, good. Can you tell us maybe one or two of the projects that you've recently done? Certainly. We um, just completed a co-marketing deal with McDonald's. Uh, running. They ran the equivalent of their Monopoly game in the U.S. They ran Feiching Chi in China, Cute. and we were a major marketing partner on that campaign. Uh, we've been working with Motorola, Samsung on their MP3 players, uh, Procter & Gamble. Uh, we've done quite a bit of work with Pringles to, in order to launch that chip with the Internet cafes and to give them a younger feel to the chip because, surprisingly, the marketplace thinks of Pringles as an old person's brand because it was introduced as an expat product. Interesting. Yes. Okay. So we, we get to come across quite a few exciting challenges and it really is a lot of fun for us, Susan, to just sit outside the box and think of solutions. Um, it's not as simple as looking at another marketplace and saying, hey, this might work. Um, it's, it's such a complex marketplace, and we enjoy it thoroughly working with our China team and ourselves and our partners, our marketing partners at the companies, the agencies, everyone. It's a fun, dynamic process. You feel the love, Vicki. Yes, I feel the love. Now, on those Pringles, do they have, like, hairy crab-flavored Pringles and stuff like that, or are they <laughs> – what, what flavors are the Pringles? Thankfully, they don't, but they, they do um, offer sour cream and onion, barbecue, the regular flavor, and I do believe that there was one very odd flavor they introduced that I tried, and I'm, I hate to say this, did not meet my taste buds. Well, that's the one I wish you could remember. So if you remember <laughs> it, just ping us back, and I'll tell our listeners on the next show if you remember that freaky oh. flavor, because I love the flavors developed for other countries' palates. They're fascinating to me. I would so absolutely love to. Our time is up, but I just want to finish off, because you are a, a China traveler. Would you just tell us maybe two things, uh, you know, really unique things uh, that you've experienced in your travels around China. It could be something you ate. It could be a person you met that was so different. It could be a place that you went. Anything that comes to your mind that really distills the uniqueness of China in your mind. I think the first unique thing that I see that I did not expect in any way, shape, or form is how fast China's changing. And when I say that, I mean I go to China every six weeks and it is nothing to have a brand-new skyscraper appear where there was an empty lot the last time I was there. It's like the film is on fast-forward from a development perspective. It absolutely is. Uh -huh. And the other interesting, unique thing, uh, I got the privilege to go way out in the West to a city called Chengdu that I was told was just a, a small, up-and-coming city. And when I arrived, it's a city of, uh, I think, 7 or 8 million skyscrapers everywhere, but not one Westerner anywhere across the country. And this was a few years back. Um, and so as we were walking around, everybody was stopping and mobbing us to see who these people were who had come out into their area. 
what I find funny is now, just this past year, I went back, and that was only two years apart, and there are Westerners everywhere. Wow. And so the excitement that China's not only changing quickly in and amongst its own, but also welcoming heavily the Westerners in and seeing the penetration, it's so much fun to be over there. They're great people. They love to ask you where you're from and why they're there, and they're so proud of their country. Well, that's a great way to leave it with the excitement and enthusiasm for our listeners to book that ticket and get over there. Um, Vicki, thank you so much for spending your morning with us and opening our eyes up to your fabulous and interesting world. We're going to take a break and we'll be back. Sit tight and don't move. Add Tech Connect. We'll be right back. Did you know about one out of five visitors are immediately bouncing off your site? Now, monetize this bouncing traffic with StopBounce.com. Log on to StopBounce.com today and discover how easy it is to generate revenue from this previously untapped source. All while enhancing user experience. Earn money for each visitor leaving your site now with StopBounce.com. Turn lost opportunities into found profits. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. I am jealous. I'm officially jealous. Brandy has a fabulous theme song. I love it. There are no good songs about Susan that I'm aware of. Susan, looks like I'm losing. I'm losing my mind. I'm wasting my time. I have one of those weather widgets. It's had little raindrops on it for I don't even know how many days, right? I've gone to Fiji. I've gone to Washington, D.C. to see the cherry blossoms. I've gone to Fort Lauderdale. And every time I come back, my little widget has raindrops on it. Break it down. Break it down. That reminds me of Shrek. I love Shrek. I know you watch Shrek because you got some girls, right? They love that. What are you going to do when your girls are starting to do the stupid shit that you did when you were a kid? I have so many things to ask you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The Susan song. I'm so excited. That's true love, isn't it? Ad Tech Connect. Thursday, following the Daily Search Cast. Only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Thank <laughs> you.
Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. This is Susan Bratton, and we're on to our podcasting segment. I have Brian Bloom, the VP and Senior Program Manager of a company called Liggett Stashauer. Brian, good morning. Hi, Susan. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the line. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, Now, I was checking out Liggett Stash Hour, and you are a bit of a horse of a different color. You're kind of PR, kind of advertising, kind of traditional, kind of interactive. Is that right? That's correct. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, you are really um, sensing more on the PR guy end of things. Right, right. I uh, work on the the PR aspect anywhere from uh, street teams all the way to, you know, getting people on television or products and movies. And you're going to be speaking at the AdTech Chicago, right? That's correct. We're looking yeah. forward to that. We're going you're to be gonna... talking about podcasting, actually. Yeah, and that's for one of your clients, Henkel, who is the right. maker of duct tape, among other things. Right. It's a, a duck brand duct tape, and uh, it's kind of a unique brand because we get to have a lot of fun with their, their product. So tell us about, first tell us about the wide, wide world of duct tape. I can't believe I asked that. Oh. Uh, you know, what we're, what we're looking at is we started looking at uh, duct tape and all the fun that people have with it. They use it for so many different uses. And uh, actually, did you know that duct tape comes in 19 different colors? No, but I did hear people make clothing out of it. And yeah, I saw it, that they make hammocks and all kinds of random things out of it. Oh, it's, it's just incredible. Uh, we actually have one site called Duct Tape. Uh, prom.com, so it's ducttapeprom.com, uh, and uh, kids compete for uh, scholarship money uh, by making duct tape prom outfits, and it's just incredible how many different uh, colors and shapes and, and uses they got. We've already done this for five years, and it's just amazingly successful. So you have a fun brand, and that led you somehow to the realm of podcasting. Tell us what the thought process was. How did you, how did you hear about it? Why did you decide that this would be the right application, and, and what was the strategy? And tell us the story. Okay, well, we're always interested in, in finding new technology. And uh, what we have is, uh, you know, duct tape, there are many different brands out there. And so we want to create a experience out of duct tape, sort of uh, give it a personality. And so what we decided to do is uh, look at different ways of communicating with our audiences. And uh, uh, Duck Brand Duct Tape comes in 19 different colors. And sort of our dads are using this product already. You know, they're going out and buying the gray and fixing up things around the home. And what we wanted to do is to put duct tape in the hands of uh uh, teens, young adults, and, uh, and tech-savvy people. People who have a, a good sense of humor who want to experiment uh, and in some cases might not know how to sew but certainly know how to tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we were looking at it, we were creating an event called uh, the Duct Tape Festival in Avon, Ohio. And uh, we wanted to communicate in a way that uh, teenagers and young adults would want to receive the message and uh, we investigated podcasting. Okay. Uh, we found out that, uh, you know, people want to control their own message, you know, that they, they are information seekers. Uh, I want to throw out one thing. One of the, one of the things that we do before we do anything with, uh, with uh, Duck Brand is to make sure it fits our criteria. And uh, the criteria is rather interesting. It has to be fun, friendly, helpful, imaginative, and resourceful. 
so in investigating ways of getting the word out for uh, for duct tape in the Avon Heritage Duct Tape Festival, we thought podcasting would be an excellent way to provide some fun and interesting information uh, to people uh, interested in finding information on duct tape. Now, if someone's listening and they're at their computer right now, where can they go to watch the podcast? Okay, they can go to avonducttapefestival.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple new uh, podcasts that will be launched. We did a series of four last year. We're going to have a series of, uh, of six coming out uh, momentarily. So they're going to be at uh, ducttapeclub.com. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have some on AvonDuctTapeFestival.com. Okay, thanks. And uh, what we do is uh, we provide some music. We did a contest years ago on Rock About the Roll, uh, which uh, was a contest on, on uh, people pr- writing and uh, performing songs about duct tape. Uh, so in the podcast, we include that information. We also do some uh, uh, interesting interviews at least, uh, with uh, with people who use the product. Uh, last year, we interviewed uh, uh, the well-known uh, authors and comedians, uh, Jim and Tim, the duct tape guys, uh, as well as uh, Todd Scott, who is a duct tape artist. So imagine that you can make a career out of uh, making duct tape uh, uh, sculptures and artistry and writing books on duct tape. That's amazing, and I see that your Avon Heritage Duct Tape Festival is June 16th to 18th, so that's Father's Day. This is right, a it's always Father. Father's this is a Day dad weekend. Thing. Yeah, this will be our third year because it's you know Father's favorite tool, mm-hmm. so to speak, and, it, and it's easy to quick and uh, and fix things. I love uh, it. Where's Avon, Ohio? Avon is about uh, about 25 miles west of Cleveland. Okay, all right. Uh, and actually, Henkel's uh, uh, corporate headquarters are in uh, in Avon. Oh, perfect. Okay. So, and, it, uh, these podcasts, Brian. Right. How, what's the take rate on these things? Are you getting some traction around this? Uh, and what kind of production costs do you have? Uh, production cost is 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 actually pretty low. Mm-hmm. Uh, for uh, less than uh, it was around three thousand dollars, we put together uh, a, a series of uh, four podcasts, uh, and in that we interviewed uh, people who were participating, who were. Uh, behind the uh, the duct tape festival, as well as uh, the duct tape guys and uh, the duct tape sculpture, and uh, we also tied in the uh, local art school, the Cleveland Institute of Art, to make these unique sculptures. Actually, a 15 foot duct tape dragon, which was the big hit of the festival. I saw the picture uh, of that. Very yeah. amazing that they it, built that whole Chinese dragon out of duct tape. It is just incredible. This year, we're going to have uh, some very unique designs from uh, Virginia Marty School of Design. It's it's going to be another great year for the festival. It'll be actually the third year. But to, to, to tell you the truth, from the first year we did the festival, we had about uh, about four thousand. Uh, almost 5,000 people uh, go to the website and uh, and check out uh, the uh, Avon uh, ducttapefestival.com. And so this so the second year last year we launched a podcast a series of four and it was amazing. Uh, our rate jumped up to you know we started at uh, almost 5,000 and we went up to more than uh, more than 209,000 people uh, went to the website. Uh, and listened to the podcast, which is incredible. We're, we're looking at a, a visitor uh, rate, an average visitor session. Just an average session on the website was almost three minutes. That, you know, it's incredible. And uh, what I'm hoping is that Ad Tech Connect has a higher listener base than Tape Talk, but I'm, I'm not sure. 
<laughs> I love it, Tape Talk. Yeah, That's a very clever name. Did you come up with that? Uh, it was a group. We always work in teams. So uh, it, we have a, you know, it's funny how you could take a commodity product like tape and have a lot of fun with it. And yeah. And then the people who buy the product, I think they want to they have fun with it. They want to become engaged with the product. And uh, it's kind of an interesting because it's become a, a cult following for, uh, for Duck Brand Duct Tape. Well, you are a lucky man to be involved with a brand that wants to have fun. It, that's I am going to, I, sometimes uh, with my guests, I play a game on the show called Word Association. And okay. I just want to, I just have one word association for you because we're out of time. So when I say the following words, I want you to say whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay. I'm okay. ready. Monkey on the ceiling. Liggett Stash Hour. <laughs> you want to go? You want to tell, tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> we had, uh, we were, <laughs> one of our creative directors uh, was uh, working on a campaign, and uh, for some reason he had a, he received a, uh, a direct mail piece which had a rubber monkey in it, and uh, he was getting frustrated, so he decided to throw his uh, monkey up, and he threw it up in the air, and it hit the ceiling, and it stuck. <sighs> And so a couple of the the, uh, the people in our uh, uh, creative department, uh, they also got the direct mail piece, so they started throwing it up on the ceiling. And all of a sudden we had uh, uh, about a half dozen, uh, so we started ordering more monkeys, and they kept throwing more monkeys on the ceiling. And sure enough, you know, two years later, they're still sticking up there. So I love uh, that. Yeah. And you know what it reminds me of, interestingly? So my word association for that was um, when, you threw the mon- when they threw the monkeys up on the ceiling, it caused their body to kind of open up and look up at the ceiling, and they changed their perspective. And I remember that when I was learning how to rock climb, yes. uh, the, the instructor would say to me, I would say, I, I don't know where to go. I'm going I'm to peel off the face. You know, I, I, I don't know what to do next. I don't see any place to go. I don't see another hold. And they'd say, well, then look around you. And yeah. the minute you just kind of stop looking straight ahead and you started looking somewhere two feet from where your head was, you suddenly saw eight great things to grab onto. And that monkey story kind of reminds me of just changing your perspective and new ideas come to you. And it does. We are looking for new technology every day and uh, any way to connect with our, uh, with consumers and, uh, and in a very imaginative way. And, and we are, you're right, we are very fortunate to be working with, uh, with Duck Brand Duck Tape. They're a great uh, client to work with uh, because they get it. They know that imagination and fun is what people are looking for. I love how you've brought that to the web. You're a perfect guest for us, and I'm so glad you came on today. Um, I know people will enjoy hearing and seeing more about your podcasts when they come to AdTech Chicago. Brian, we're going to go to a break, and thank you so much again. All right. Thanks, Susan. Bye-bye. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. How do you treat? 
choose the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. Here you go. Who are these people? Your customers. Customers? Yep. See, now that you're sharing all your media files through P2Pads.com, you know, like your MP3s, video files, software, pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And advertising all your sites through our global peer-to-peer network. Get to the point. Well, we're able to bring millions of your fellow surfers, basically, right to your front door. For more details, visit us at P2Pads.com. P2Pads.com. Expose yourself. And uh, what, what's uh, what's been your highest domain name sale? How much money was it for? It was approximately one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. About one hundred and fifty grand. That's right. Okay, great. You have had eBay by Rent.com and Shopping.com for a combined one point four billion dollars. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty, 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 Monty. Monty. Be the master of your domain. Monty. Literally, probably 90 days after buying it uh, for $80,000, Interbrew bought it for $7 million. We appraised the property and helped get it sold for $3.4 million. It was the most valuable asset that they had. $6 million or $10 million on a domain name. When we sold autos.com for $2.2 million, people thought it was nuts too. <laughs> domain Masters. Only on Webmaster Radio. Be the master of your domain. Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. This is Susan Bratton, and we're up with Rebecca Paoletti, the creative director of Maven Networks. Good morning, Becca. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Uh, you, you and I have worked together for many years, starting at At Home Network. Uh, what year did you start at At Home? Do you remember? 96. Yep, me too. So we started the same year. So I've known you for 10 years and always looked up to you as being someone who just processed the creativity of the Internet in a way that I've, I've seen no one else do. So um, I love having you on, and I think what we should do, probably just as a level set for listeners, is to explain the technology of Maven from a consumer perspective, and then we can get into what the cool stuff is that you do and different brands you've done things for. Sure. Okay, so Maven is a software platform. The core functionality of the Maven platform is to deliver high-quality video to the user's desktop, and that's the business that we've been in for the past three years. So we've enabled brands like Nordstrom and Nike and Budweiser and Mountain Dew to deliver full-screen, high-quality video experiences to their consumers' PCs. And right now, which I've given you a little hint about, we're launching a new platform, which is a streaming download hybrid, whereby on a website you can embed a streaming player that has a lot of the interactive functionality that we've been doing in the download version and present that you know, within your website as an overlay to your website. And within that experience, a user could subscribe or download the HD version, um, and you could have 
push content to their desktop, you could uh, enable them to sync to portable devices like video iPods and PSPs, and you can message directly to their desktop as well. Okay, so that was too fast. Everybody who's listening said, what the hell did she just say? So we're going to start over. Are you ready? Okay. From a consumer's perspective, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> they're so surfing the web and they go to a website and they get to do, boom, go ahead. Sure. So it, let's say a user went to um, the Budweiser website during the Super Bowl. Okay. So a week before the Super Bowl, they could have gone to Budweiser.com. They would have seen a call out to get the Super Bowl um, commercials before anyone else, and they would have been given the opportunity to download or install the Budweiser Maven client. So that's less than a meg download. They would have click, click, clicked three seconds. They would have had the client on their desktop, and they would have seen a little pop-up message on their desktop saying, hey, it's arrived. Check out some of this content. And then during the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, we pushed all of the Budweiser Super Bowl commercials, which for Budweiser fans is a really big deal, to the desktop via the client. So the user then had it for um, syncing to their video iPod, they had a full screen version, they had links to the Bud Shop, and all of that was on their PC directly, and they could take that around with them if they went offline. Okay, so I have, a, I have my laptop hooked to the internet, I have a broadband connection. I went to the Budweiser website and I said, cool, I want to see those commercials before they air on the Super Bowl. I clicked on a link, it put a Budweiser logo on my, on my desktop, and then mm-hmm. when I wasn't using my computer, but I was hooked to the internet, that content, really beautiful content, full screen, high resolution video was, was going to my computer, and then when it was all there and ready and the whole file was there, the Budweiser icon notified me that I could watch those commercials. And because right. they were on my hard drive, I didn't have to worry about being online. I could have done that on the train or on a plane or whatever. Right. So, I mean, the goal for us is to really extend websites onto a user's PC and also to give a user the ability to keep getting more content and get notified for things that are relevant and to sign up for things that are important. So in in the world of, let's say, Mountain Dew, you could say, hey, I'm interested in snowboarding and I only want snowboarding content delivered to me. Um, and you wouldn't have to keep going back to the Mountain Dew website to see if they had posted the latest snowboarding video. It would have already been delivered to you on your desktop. So it's a subscription that I can have to content generated by a marketer that I care about. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be a marketer. A marketer might be having or specials or coupons or anything like that. And it's like a website, only because you've downloaded it to my hard drive and it's playing locally, you can run full screen video with kind of a website overlaid on it. Right. So what the way a lot of the brands have leveraged our platform is to run full screen high quality video, which is obviously a very, you know, enthusiastic emotional user experience, unlike any other way that they have to showcase um, their brand, you know, full screen DVD or even HD quality video is, is, is really amazing compared to a small streaming window, um, you know, that with buffering and the other things that are involved. So mm-hmm. they get this incredible video quality delivered to the user, and then within the experience, they can trigger the same kind of interactivities that they would have on their website. So they could say, hey, sign up for the newsletter, or hey, in 30 seconds, we're going to have these five pairs of shoes for sale, or um, send to a friend, or for every three friends that you send with, you will get entered to win this sweepstakes. 
So all, all of the interactivity is tied around the core video experience, but you're still able to do all the fun stuff that you would do in a website. So the gating factors for Maven are your competition, which is streaming off of a website, and marketers not having enough content to feel confident about having a subscription relationship with a consumer over time. Are those like the two biggest issues? Sure. And we, I mean, as far as the streaming on a website goes, we're doing that now for eight beta customers. Okay. And we're launching a new platform next month that enables brands to have a streaming video player, whether it's a typical streaming video player or a much more interactive video player on their website, and then within that streaming player, a user could opt in for the downloaded version as well. So we will be doing both. So what is Maven's streaming player? How is it different than QuickTime or Media Player or any of the other, um, what are those called? Um, it's it's a lot different in that it enables the brand to completely brand the whole experience. So instead of being, hey, we just popped a Windows player or here's a Flash player that's you know playing video, we allow the brand to configure it the way they want it. They can redesign it. It doesn't have to look like just another streaming player. Um, most of our customers specifically come to us and say, we want it to be different. And within that um, viewing environment in the streaming world, we can also do a lot of the interactivity that we do in the download world. So within our core streaming player, we also have create a playlist, share with a friend, download the HD version, Mm -hmm. save to your video iPod. So we do a lot of things within the streaming player um, that are, you know, beyond what a typical linear streaming player would do. So there's a level of engagement that you'd get typically on a website, but you get it pulled into this streaming environment. So whether I'm streaming it or I'm downloading it to my desktop, I have those interactive capabilities that I wouldn't have with a regular player. Exactly. Okay. So now for our listeners, if there were a couple of applications that are live today, then they'd want to try one. What are some of the ones that you think we might be interested in um, opting into? The one that I would recommend to everyone, because it's the coolest one we've built so far, is for Nike. Okay. It's um, at nikesoccer.com. Okay. It's the main call-out on nikesoccer.com. Again, this is our current platform, which is download only. As I mentioned, our new streaming platform is a few weeks away from launching. Um, but if you went to nikesoccer.com, there would be a page that that tells you, you know, what you're doing, how to download, how to install. Again, it's a very quick install. And once you do that, you've essentially opened up a channel to Nike to deliver World Cup footage to your desktop. Nice. And it's a really cool um, application that is sort of based on this pirate television, uh, soccer fans taking over your screen and, and delivering you this whole robust soccer experience that is, you know, different from the traditional things that you've been seeing elsewhere. Is it all consumer-generated content that Nike has leveraged to deliver to our desktops? Nike, well, Nike and five of its agencies have been creating content ongoing, promotional things around the World Cup, as well as um, hosting tournaments in the U.S. for um, soccer fans that are local. So they produce new footage every week that we deliver to the desktop. And there's a whole timeline where you can see the weeks leading up to the World Cup. I think I got the the nine-week update today. And it's called Joga TV? Is that how you say it? Joga, yeah. What's that mean, Joga? Well, it's based on a whole concept that Nike developed around World Cup called Joga Bonita, which is the beautiful game. 
And the idea is that the spirit of soccer and the beautiful game part of it got lost in a lot of the slappy, competitive, behind-the-scenes, kicking, taking out of players. And this is sort of back to the heart and the spirit of true soccer. And that's what they're trying to capture with this application. And what does Yoga Bonita mean again? The beautiful game. The beautiful game. Interesting. I love it. Okay, so that's one we can get at, uh, say the URL again. Uh, NikeSoccer.com. Okay. Perfect. Like, so we'll yeah. check that one out. Any right on other there. ones that you think are really cool? That's definitely my favorite one that's live right now. In the three weeks, there will be some other ones that I would point users to. Okay. Um, and from maven.net, we'll obviously have a lot of news about new customers. What about the um, – you do a lot with movie studios. How about mm-hmm. you did something with the Chronicles of Narnia? I never saw that show yet. I must do that. Have okay, you seen if you, And actually, if you went back to the Chronicles of Narnia website, it's still there. Yeah. Um, they did a lot – I mean, that movie is – Susan, it's months old now, <laughs> but um, it, that was the first application that um, a studio was able to do where they could deliver their trailers, their behind-the-scenes video content, to, not only to the user's PC via Maven, but directly to a user's video iPod without having to go through the iTunes world. So if you were a Chronicles of Narnia fan, you could go to the website, sign up, and every time you synced your video iPod, you would get the latest behind-the-scenes interviews with the director, highlights of the episodes delivered to your video iPod. And and for Disney, that's very important because they don't have to live in in an iTunes-branded environment. They could just go direct to the consumer. Okay. And how did that whole concept do? Did it do well? That did really well. Yeah. And and for as far as video iPod take rate, which a lot of people have been asking me, you know, how many video iPods are there and how many people are doing this? For them, of the people that opted in for the, you know, this full broadband channel on their desktop, 15% of them sync to their video iPod. That's very a popular lot. feature. Yeah, very popular feature. And with Nike, we do the same thing. You can sync to your video iPod or to your Sony PSP, that, you know, portable gaming device. Um, and that also is a very popular application. Okay. So tell me, if, if you were able to have any client that you wanted, because what you really like, Becca, as a creative director, your job is to take their strategy and leverage your technology into a beautiful thing. And I know there are some companies you'd love to get your hands on. There's some yeah. content out there that just sings sweetly to you. Right. So what is your wish? I mean, I think, you know, Nike has certainly surpassed a lot of the expectations that we had as far as dealing with a brand because they're so adventurous as far as consumer content and really developing a media presence. So you'll notice in this application there's no link to buy shoes. It's not a shopping application. It's really, you know, a brand enthusiasm spirit type of thing. Okay. And the content is amazing. So that's been a really fun one for us. Um, A lot of the television networks that we're working with now, very fun for me because their content is great. And, you know, it's not just a preview of the show, but you get behind the scenes and you get to talk to actors. And there are a lot of, um, you know, for fans of specific shows, whether it's Weeds or something on Fuse TV or an MTV special or whatever it might be, you get all, all of that packaged up and sent to your PC. So you get to choose niche programming from wherever you're, you want it from, and you get the full package sent to your PC, and you can take it with the video iPod as well. Nice. And now, how does all this stuff merge? I mean, we have podcasts, we have Maven. How, 
there seems like there's so many places to go to get things to load on your iPod. Do you think that the way you're doing things now is going to sustain or will that change? Well, I think, you know, I think we're getting away from a lot of the aggregated sources. Like people are less likely to go to a page that's just all downloads than they are to go to the specific brand or the specific show that they're interested in getting content from. Mm -hmm. Because everybody's very you know, brand-focused. If you wear Nikes, you don't wear Adidas. If you wear, you know, a certain kind of jeans, you're not wearing the other ones. And I think people are definitely, now that they can go directly to the source and get exactly what they want, they don't need to go to the download page, all the podcasts you could ever find, all the broadband video trailers you could ever find. They're actually going direct to the brand and getting what they want. Tell me, and this is going to be our wrap question, tell sure. me what it looks like five years from now. What what is Maven? Is Maven a tool set like Macromedia Director where every brand is making these connections directly to customers? Or how does this all evolve? I mean, I think, you know, and I don't want to guess five years where technology is going to be. Certainly, even this year between, you know, the adoption of the video iPod and the PSP sales and, and what Intel is doing in the Vive world, things change quickly. Um, but I would say, you know, for us, we're really looking at delivering content to users on whatever device they have and to really make it easy for brands, networks, publishers to do that. So we have a tool set that enables them to publish into a streaming environment. They can publish into a desktop environment. They'll soon be able to publish into a 10-foot um, MCE or Intel Vive, uh, you know, PC-connected TV environment. Um, and, and, you know, our goal is to really make it easy to package up various bits of content and, and programming and brand awareness to deliver directly to users on, on whatever device that they want to carry with them. Mm-hmm. So really what you're saying is you have no idea how it will evolve, but you know that you'll have the ability to take that model and deliver on any platform. So you're kind of exactly. platform agnostic. You're going to deliver agnostic. gorgeous video websites. Mm-hmm. And I think, okay. you know, and the interactive elements too. So, you know, I, I spoke about this at AdTech actually about delivering video content in various places. So what you deliver to the PC may be slightly different from what you deliver to the video iPod but at least we have a publishing system to manage all of that. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, uh, what, do, you, do you have a certain date for the launch of your new product? Is there a date set, or is it just in the next couple weeks? Um, we're launching it customer by customer. I okay. would say, you know, early June is when you'll see the first customers to come out with it. All right. So if anybody is, if any of our listeners are interested in staying up with what Maven's doing early June, they should go to maven.net. They can go That's there right. earlier than that to get mm-hmm. some neat applications and to try this new concept. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about the applications. I, I love the idea of having content sent to me, and I don't care whether it's content sent to iTunes for my iPod or video sent to my desktop from brands I love. So um, I think you're in a great business, and I, you're doing a beautiful job with the work. So I, I really encourage listeners today to go to maven.net and look at some of these applications. They are very much of you into the future. These are very leading-edge companies doing this work. So thank you so much for coming on today, Becca. Thanks for having me. It is always our pleasure. All right, we are off for the day, and I hope you have a great one. We'll be back next week at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern with Ad Tech Connect. I am your host, Susan Bratton. Have a great day. Webmaster.
Webmasterradio.fm. 